God's economy is, first of all, his plan and arrangement. Necessary for his dispensing. And the goal of the dispensing is corporate expression. So the dispensing is based on his arrangement. And this is where we all from time to time have controversies with God, his arrangement. In the Gospels, we know the Lord fed a large group of persons, 5,000 men. I don't know why they didn't give the number of the women, but there seems there's always more, plus children. So there could have been 12,000. So his intention was to feed them as a sign that he is the bread of life to nourish them spiritually. So he first made an arrangement Really, he he showed us how to have how to administrate a huge church. He arranged them in districts of fifty to a hundred, and they all sat down in districts. So first, you have to accept your district. You can say, "All my buddies are over there, but you are in this district." If you don't accept the arrangement, you don't get any food. <laughs> that's that's the way it operates. Okay, you're not in charge here. Then the Lord receives the bread and the fish, and he looks heavenward. He's praying with his eyes open. He's honoring God as the source of blessing. Then he blesses them. But he does not distribute them directly. He gives all the food to the twelve. So here, someone is in Peter's group, and you say, I really like this guy. He's, he's straightforward. And someone else is in John's group. He just say, this guy's quite mystical and intuitive. And someone else says, yeah. But I'm getting bad vibes from this guy named Judas. <laughs> and why do I got to be in this group? Well, that's the arrangement. So one day I was presenting this to the trainees in Anaheim in a class. And they went out of the class. I don't know, Pat, if this is, might have been before your time. They were just so happy they were going to go out and accept God's arrangement of their life. And inwardly, I'm just chuckling to myself, not in a sarcastic way, I just realized, we'll see. Then they came back a week later, <clears throat> and I asked them, uh, how's it going with accepting God's arrangement? <laughs> like with your gospel partner, with your roommate, with this and that. And then I assured them, none of us is good at this. Jacob Young brothers, this is how not to begin a courtship. When you see the one that you think is the one, how does Jacob begin the courtship with Rachel? He goes up to her, he kisses her, and starts crying. 
Brothers, please, whatever your method is, don't take that approach. So he, he just agrees to work all these seven years, and you know the story. He wakes up in the tent, and he can't find Rachel. There's Leah. And what is he doing in the tent? Does Jacob raise his hands toward heaven and say, I praise you, God of heaven and earth. All Leah's work together for good. He can't do that. None of us can do that. It takes a lot of learning to truly receive God's arrangement. But let's not give up on Jacob. In other words, don't give up on yourself. Okay? Don't give up. The body's not going to give up on you. Why should you give up on you? So now we're in Genesis 35. And Rachel's in labor. And the midwife is there trying to comfort her and says, you will have this son also. Jacob's right there, though his name is Israel now. And Rachel's suffering. She knows she's dying. So she named the son Benoni, son of sorrow. Jacob is right there. And he changed the name, Benjamin, son of my right hand. Then the love of his life passed away before his eyes. No anger in him. He buried her. He set up a pillar. And he journeyed on. And later, many, many years later, when he had reason to mention the cave of Machpelah that Abraham had secured. In the simple words, there I buried Leah. You get the impression that finally he could recognize Rachel was my choice. Leah was God's. And so the Lord knows I'm not and you're not very good at accepting any arrangement that goes against ourself. But he'll make the arrangement anyway because he's God and because he knows what he's doing. So that is why I'm fond of saying <clears throat> I've had occasion to offer belated thank yous and retroactive amens. Have you ever done that? Years later, <clears throat> you look back on a situation and you say, Lord, now I can thank you for that situation. Sometimes you add another prayer because we are kind of good at adding things. We say, Lord, I thank you for that situation and I pray that it never happens again. <laughs> And, and the Lord is silent, but in effect he's saying, that will not happen again. I have other things in mind. <laughs> but we can bear witness on his behalf. Eventually we will learn to vindicate him before the enemy. 
There are things even now as tonight I don't understand. I don't. I don't understand why these prayers, thousands of them, have not been answered for a beloved person. I don't know why. But deep within, I have to stand before the Lord and before the enemy and say, I don't understand this, but I declare my God is righteous and faithful and loving. So this is the economy. There has to be an arrangement. And under the Spirit's discipline, eventually we will accept it, whatever it is. Jacob's the pattern. And then the dispensing will go on unhindered, like never before, beyond anything you've ever dreamed. Because now the Lord has brought you the genuine subjection to him. You're humbled under his mighty hand. And now the river just flows and flows and flows as never before. Flows in you, through you, and out of you.